Welcome into the mental game, everybody, where psychology meets performance and where we are working to increase awareness of mental health and performance spaces through real conversation with performers, with athletes, with psychologists, and everyone in between. Before I get into this week's episode, I wanted to thank you guys so much. A lot of you have reached out, let me know what you thought of the podcast, and I really appreciate that. And I ask if you have enjoyed the podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and like, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and over on social media, let me know what you guys think. All right, guys, I have a very special guest for you today, Miss Lauren Fadley Fayette. So Lauren originally grew up and trained at the Orlando Ballet School in the School of Performing Arts in Florida before moving to New York City to study full-time at SAB, the School of American Ballet. She began her professional career at just 16 with New York City Ballet at the invitation of Peter Martins, and that comes with a really kind of cool story where she didn't exactly expect to get the job, and then two days later she found herself as an apprentice with New York City Ballet. After two years with New York City Ballet, she chose to further her academic and dance education by attending Indiana University, where she would eventually go on to graduate with her Bachelor of Science in Ballet Performance in an outside field in kinesiology. After graduating, Lauren would go on to join Pennsylvania Ballet in 2007 as a Corps de Ballet member. She was eventually promoted to soloist for the 2011 season and principal dancer by 2012. She would then go on to join Miami City Ballet as a soloist in 2016 and was prom promoted to principal soloist in 2017. She would eventually retire from Miami City Ballet and dancing professionally in 2021 after accepting the position of principal of the Kansas City Ballet School. We talk about a variety of different topics in this episode, including when Lauren broke her foot in New York City Ballet and she actually enjoyed the time off from having broken her foot than the time actually dancing and what this meant and how this led her to eventually go on to IU. And this was something that actually kind of reoccurs in the episode where she realizes she needed a change of scenery because she wasn't enjoying it as much as she used to. That awareness piece is really important and something that you guys will see a lot within what Lauren says. We talk about this, we talk about the frame of mind, the mindset someone has to take in order to be an elite level dancer for as long as Lauren was, and so many other things. Before we get into this week's episode, I do want to note that we talk about some subjects like weight and different things that could potentially be triggering. So if at any point you are triggered, please stop listening and contact a local medical provider. One last note, I want to thank the executive producer of this week's episode, Greg Gessner. Now, Greg has two different platforms, one called The Developing Dancer, where he already has an Instagram account and a YouTube channel. Go over and check it out. And another called First Position Finance. This is a brand new podcast where Greg is going to talk all things finances, including assets, vision boards, and advice for your future self. All right, without further ado, Miss Lauren Fadley, Vayette. everybody we are back for an extremely special episode of the mental game with miss lauren fadley bayette miss lauren thank you so much for being here thank you for having me always happy to speak to a fellow iu alumni i know that's one of my favorite things about about your journey is you went to so many different places but it's like oh I, we we went to the same ballet school which is cool for me and you know we both got to take from someone like violette and and um, know a lot of the same people. So it's really cool to see how worlds come back together. Oh yeah, Small absolutely. world. 
So of course I know about you and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, but for those that might not know you as well as I do, would you please give us a little bit about your background and how you got to this point? Okay, I will give you the most condensed <laughs> version I can. Please then- take your time. It's very interesting, so I'm sure we'd all love to hear it. Yeah, you can ask to elaborate where you wish. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I you know, trained there until I was 15 when I decided to move to New York to train at the School of American Ballet. Um, I was, I, I had waited a few years to go. They had asked me to stay several summers and I was always like, no, I'm going to wait and go to school and try to be kind of normal. And <laughs> so finally it was like at 15, I had done my freshman year. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. And so I thought I still had three more years of schooling, academic and ballet, um, which I think kind of gave me that, that mindset of just like, you're just here to learn you know I didn't have all of that um, anxiety about like I have to get a job and and all of this so um with that when they when Peter Martins came to watch class uh, I was offered an apprenticeship and um at that point I was 16 so I had been at SAB for one year um thinking I still had two more but instead I had two two more days and then I joined the company um as an apprentice so um, I performed with um, the New York City Ballet as an apprentice. I got my core contract and I did that for a year. Um, other things happened that I'm sure we'll delve into, um, including breaking my foot and um, having a lot of like weight issues and just not being in the right place for me. Um, which eventually led me to go to Indiana University, which was my, yes, my like mm-hmm. savior. I just felt like it was such a, a wonderful experience in my life and really is what has helped my career um, continue to evolve to where it is now. Um, so I was there for three and a half years. I started a semester late because I was um, still dancing in your city ballet and um, did summers and stuff, graduated right on time with my class. And um, from everything that I learned there, I was able to get uh, a core contract right away into Pennsylvania Ballet, which is now known as Philadelphia Ballet, but I danced for Pennsylvania Ballet. And um, so I, I danced there for nine years. I worked my way up through soloist, principal, um, you know, met my husband there, had, you know, really great, um, life in Philly and during the end of my time there with the artistic director changed and I kind of again faced this crossroads of not really being um, in the best place for me at that time in my life and I had to either decide okay give it up you're done retire or are you going to give it one more push and um, you know with the support of my husband we decided to give it a go and I reached out to Loris Lopez in Miami City Ballet, and I went out and I auditioned at 30 years old. That was very <laughs> intimidating, um, but I was able to um, offer me a position there, and I joined as a soloist from principal at Pennsylvania. Um, I got promoted the next year, 
I danced there for five more years, five years. Yeah. I really kind of thought I would just go for a year and see what happened. And that turned into five years, um, including during the pandemic and having a baby. <laughs> um, and I'd actually signed the contract for this past year. I, I actually, all of these times I signed my contract and broken them. I don't know if that's really the best way to go, but sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was going to do another year, but I also kind of started putting feelers out into my transition. And um, Devin Carney reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in applying for this position as the principal of the Kansas City Ballet School. And I said, why not? And I went out and I, I taught and I met with them and interviewed with them. And it just, it felt like the right thing. And so we picked up and moved from Miami and we've now lived in Kansas for a whole year. Mm. Mm. And it's funny because we were we were saying this before we started recording that um, you're in Kansas City now. I was in Kansas City at one point, too. So, again, just an incredibly small world. And it's so funny how that happens in the dance community. Um, Absolutely. And that's and that's why I tell everyone you do not burn a bridge. Yes. You do not know who you're going to end up, you know, seeing again, who will speak to who. Who actually, I don't know if you know this side note, um, when I moved to Miami, we bought um, uh, the ballet master here, uh, at Indianapolis Ballet. We bought his house from Paul? Indiana. Yes. Oh, you Paul Vitale? Yes. Oh. And that was because, yes, and that was because of Indianapolis. That's so, so funny. Like, you know, it, it might not, and because he also danced in Pennsylvania Ballet. Yeah. So you might make connections that have nothing to do with ballet. Oh, that is too funny. That's, yeah. that's hilarious. We, I was, I was just getting together with some of my, uh, I just finished a master's program, some of my friends the other day, and we talked about creating like a, a group, uh, group me for stuff like that. Like you just really never yeah. know, even yeah. like 10 years from now, who you're going to need or who, who's exactly. going to be helpful or wow. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great lesson right there. You just never really know who you're going to meet. Yep, you're making connections every single day, not mm -hmm. just with the ballet. So it's, um, I always suggest, even when you're having those emotions where you want to burn those bridges, just, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone <knows> everyone. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. Absolutely. And that's a really great point. Um, so you've had this incredible journey. I want to start, as you mentioned earlier, um, with your time in New York City Ballet, because I've heard you talk on some other podcasts. So I want to kind of dig right into that point when you said um so for those that don't know how long were you in city ballet two years it was two years yeah i was an apprentice for a year and a core for a year apprentice for a year and core for a year and it was during your core year that you had broken your foot yes okay um and you had talked previously how that at that point when you had broken your foot and you were injured uh, you maybe enjoyed dance i'm sorry being injured more than dancing at that point right yes <laughs> yes so Talk to me about that kind of mindset framework. What, what, what was going on during that point where you were like, okay, this is almost maybe a better situation than, you know, what you were there for. Yeah. Yeah. And it, to note on that, that was the first time I'd ever had those kinds of feelings, mm -hmm. you know, because I had been so young and I was so focused on, on ballet and wanting to make it to this point, you know, I yeah, was that's like, the dream. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. I achieved this dream at 16 years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for some people, that's that's all they need to just, you know, skyrocket to success. For me, it was like, 
uh, I'm not ready for this. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know how to, you know, teach myself how to continue to grow during company classes that are only 45 minutes to warm you up for stage. Um, you know, we had just spent a whole six months getting ready for the workshop performance. And then here I had two days to learn all of Nutcracker and get it on stage. And I just, I always say to myself, like, if I, if I had gone back at an older age with what I know now, it would have been a completely different experience. But for me, you know, because some people are, it, it's the best thing for them. But for me at that age um, and what I had experienced thus far, it was just so overwhelming. Um, and so when I broke my foot, it was kind of a culmination of a lot of different things. I had gotten my apprenticeship um, and, you know, we, we just started, we, we went we, and performed my cracker, like 60 shows at that time as an apprentice. And then, um, I would, ended up just being understudy for a lot of things because once you go into the winter season, you're just kind of, um, you're learning the ballets, but they're reserved for certain levels of the core since it is such a big core. So, um, I was understudy, but I wasn't dancing as much as I had been. And um, I had been told back when I was 15 at SAB that I needed to lose weight. Wasn't really uh, guided on how to do that. It was just kind of like, you need to lose weight. And I was like, what? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't even know what the calorie is at that point. It was, you know, I was like, I was a kid. I just moved away from home. Um, and I just feel like we didn't have that kind of knowledge like we do now and that kind of an awareness. So um, I, it was kind of like, you need to lose weight. And then I did, but then I was never told when it was okay. <laughs> so then it was almost like I went too far without even knowing it. I was just doing what I was told because that's what we do as dancers. We're just trying to please. Um, so I kind of like messed up my body in that sense. So here I was dancing a lot again, but then not dancing. So I had put on, you know, more weight. Also, again, 16 years old, your body is still changing a lot, <laughs> regardless of how much you eat or exercise. There's, there's things you just can't control about that. Um, so I think because I had been, there had been these talks, you know, like you're, you're too thin, you're too big, and there was no guidance with that. Um, my body was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what you're doing. And it was during Nutcracker. It was, it was the first week in the shows and it was Waltz of the Flowers. I was, all I was doing was little embouchés and I rolled over my ankle and I was like, that really hurt. Um, and I proceeded to keep dancing uh, <laughs> as you do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yeah, on a broken foot and then like popped off stage. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was three months, you know, in a boot, on crutches, all of that, um, going to physical therapy. And I would go and I would have to watch rehearsals still because they're like, well, you better learn this ballet because when you're ready, when you're back, you're going to have to do it. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, but I just remember, yeah, like just sitting there and watching and like, oh, I this is nice to watch. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm not the one right now who has to be going through that. And I was like, that's not, that's not normal. And then as like, you know, the time kept getting closer that I was able to get back into class, I, it was, you know, I was like, I don't want to put on the leotard. I don't want to look in the mirror again. Like I kind of like this other side, um, you know, to, to not dancing. Um, and through that time, I had been working with a really great physical therapist who had danced at SAB. Uh, so she really knew what was like 
what I was able to do, what I could come back to, and just like the knowledge of the body, like all these things I never really thought of. Because again, I feel like back in the early 2000s, that just wasn't uh, a priority in training as much. It was, it, it wasn't, there wasn't the mental health or really the physical health. Like we would do Pilates and like, that's good. We've had physical therapy, but there wasn't all this extra kind of like posturing and taking care of your body and your mind. And it was, I feel like it was kind of the tail end of that still like, if you want it, you just go for it. And it doesn't matter how you get there. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of that. It was just almost uh, a little like fear-based of like, I don't want to go back in there because I associated all of that with those emotions that I had been going through beforehand. So it was this like, I'm scared to go back there and I don't, and I don't want to, but I'm, you know, a teenager who's in New York City Ballet having a full-time job and I'm living the dream that everybody wants. So you better just do it. You know, like I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want other people to be like, what are you doing? Um, so I did, I pushed to come back and I just kind of always felt that they were not happy with me because I didn't look the way that I did beforehand. And um, that's really what led me to the crossroads of mm -hmm. do I stay or do I leave? <laughs> well, into that point, you had said that they were already, it sounds like, unha unhappy with you, if you will, before you had broken your foot because they were telling you to lose weight. And then you know, you're finally to a point when you're sitting there watching them dance where you're like, okay, this is kind of nice mm -hmm. to go back right away to we're not happy with you, but they weren't happy with you before. So right. were they, I mean, besides telling you to lose weight, were they ever clear? Like you had said, it's not something that they, I'm, I'm assuming talked about as much as like, Hey, you, you know what, you would really benefit from some weight training, or like you said, some cross training, or, you know what, you should really work on strengthening your core. Was there anything specific that they shared with you at all? No, no, Great, great. <laughs> not, not that. No, it was pretty much just like, uh, we can't put you on stage if you look like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was, that was, about, and there were, there were mentions like you need to, you need to lose weight and don't do it like you did the last time. And it was what like, does that I even mean? Know what I did the last time yeah. because I was just, I was, just, I mean, I, I just, I was always just trying to exercise and, you know, watch what I was eating. And, and like I said, there was just no guidance there. And I really felt like it set me up for failure. And like I broke my foot because yeah. of all of these other things. I, I rolled over my ankle a million times in my life. I still do, but I don't, my bone doesn't break. And I think that that was, it was because of that. Um, up and down and just no kind of like, Hey, can we help you feeling? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that it, it, that's just how it was then. And I, I commend them now for, for making a change with that and being so much more accepting of other bodies and, and just helping people, um, with what they need, because I just, I don't think that that was, it wasn't their priority at that point. It was like, we need you to do this part. And if you can't, then we're just going to get somebody else to do it. <laughs> well, and like you said, it's not just pressure from, you know, the people at the front of the room, but it's also like there are every, you know, every person, every ballet dancer, I'm sure at some point in their life wants to be in city ballet. And so you're living this dream at 16 
and then at a crossroads between, I don't know that I'm ready for this. And, and it's not like you had your parents there with you oh. or, you know, your entire group of friends from you were a kid or, you know, whatever it is, you didn't have a support system. I'm assuming yeah. to like be there with you. You were on your own in New York city. Yeah. And I was living in the dorms still because I, like I was living in the SAT dorms because I was still in high school um, and I was physically going to high school in New York. Um, I was allowed to stay in the dorms to have supervision because I was still under 18. Um, and so in a way that was nice just to have that um, structure. But again, I, it was like, I would go home to, you know, people in my suite who wanted what I was doing and I was doing it and I didn't want it. And that was, that was hard. And I think it also too was like, um, I never felt the pressure from my, from my parents or my friends, you know, from home, but it was like, oh, you know, Lauren's a dancer and she's going to New York and she's a star. And it was like, if I walk away from that, then what am I, you know, mm. and I just let everybody down, including myself. So the identity piece, you're, you are the dancer, you're the ballet dancer, not to mention you're the ballet dancer at the highest level in America possible arguably at city ballet. So that identity was already intertwined with what you believed yourself to be, I'm assuming. So kind of with that in mind, jumping around just a smidge with what you know, now you had mentioned, if you, if you knew now what you knew then, or did I say that right? <laughs> Knowing now, yes. what would you have done differently? Or what would you say to your 15, 16 year old self at this, knowing what you know? I mean, I, I wish I could have, known that it was okay <laughs> to not be perfect all the time and to not um, put so much value in what other people thought and said. Unfortunately, they're the ones, you know, who are in charge of making those decisions. But at the end of the day, your worth is so much more than, than that. Because it's your, it's your life. Like ballet becomes our life, but you're still you know, your own person with your own thoughts and feelings and your own life outside of ballet. And you have to really um, still value that. And for me, when I, I just remember when I was 18 um, and I, I was like, okay, I gotta go to work today, you know, like, but gotta go get that, make that money. And I was like, that's terrible. Like this, I remember when I was a kid, you, you know, you pay for years to actually do this and other people I'm sure would pay for this experience. And I'm like, Oh, gotta go to work. You know, I'm like, that's terrible. Like, and I just couldn't see myself. Like, I just kept thinking like, if I can't even make it another day, another week here, how am I going to do like 10 years? Like, I just, I, I just couldn't, see it happening <laughs> yeah. I have so two questions I'm oh, sorry yeah. my, my fault go ahead no, please no, go ahead. I just realized I didn't really answer your question but no that was beautiful but my I guess to further that question what would you say then to someone who is coming to you maybe with a similar problem because it's easier said than done to to want to feel worthy of something outside of a, a ballet identity or whatever that might be so with the position you're in now what would you say to someone um, or actually advise them on to practice? How can someone practice that? That's a, that's a good, good question because it is. It's so, it's so much easier now for me to just be like, it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. they think. Because like, no, it does. <laughs> um, when you're in it, it does to you. Um, I think it is just finding that, that balance um, of more than just ballet. And I think that's why going to Indiana was such like a lifesaver for me in that sense, because 
I always say, I, I, I would go in that lecture hall in a, a, for an astronomy class and nobody knew that I was a dancer. No one cared, you know? And if I said like, oh, I do ballet. Oh, that's cool. You know, but it wasn't that's it, like, yeah. yeah, they wanted to know me as a person and why I was in this class and what was interesting to me about astronomy. <laughs> and um, I just felt like when you can get that other perspective of someone else, how they look at you and how they value you, that's not it all in the ballet, you know? Um, it really does put things more into perspective for yourself. Um, so like with my students, I, I do, I try to be like, step away from Instagram, step away from the ballet video, all of that, you know, and just like maybe read a book and maybe go for a walk and, <laughs> you know, just, just to have some, you need to have that, that normalcy because it, it's not um, feasible to just continue like all the time like that. And that, and that is why I say my, I felt like my career was the way it was and it, it lasted as long as it did because I was able to come back to those moments of like, no, you're still a person, you know, like it's, <laughs> you have another life, you have other interests, um, you know, and especially now that I have a daughter, it's like, I, I really wish I could go back now, even just a few years, because now I'm like, oh, really, did, that, did it matter that I was second cast? No. <laughs> she doesn't care. She doesn't know. She's just like, you're my mom. That's great. You know, and I think that's, um, it is really hard when you're younger and in that moment to appreciate that. Um, but hopefully there are people on the other side that can help facilitate that um, for the younger dancers. Well, absolutely. I can, I can kind of hear the answer there then, because you had said when you were 15 and 16, you were, you were worried if we only have this 45 minute class, how am I going to continue to learn, grow, develop? Well, if we don't have balance in our lives, I'm sure it can get overloaded and then spill over to other aspects of our lives. So that makes perfect sense in terms of really practicing that balance and making sure we have other facets to intrigue us or grow our minds or whatever that might be. So then that takes me to IU and I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't an easy transition. I know you had a difficult conversation. I've heard you kind of talk a little bit about with Peter Martin. So could you take me kind of into that room? How did that go? Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I want to say, it, you know, I want to be like, I went in there and I was like, I'm not doing that, you know, <laughs> like so strong. Um, but it, it was, it was a fear-based decision. It was, um, you know, I can admit that now. Um, I know that my contract was on the line every time he would have a conversation with me about my body, um, you know, or the ballet masters about like, oh, you know, I'd be like, why am I not back in this ballet? Like, well, we can't put you back on one, you know? So I knew that there was like, um, like already that, some sort of tension. Yeah, they weren't happy with me. So how could, you know, I be happy there? So, um, I felt like I was, I, in a way, I was like, I'm going to get myself out of this situation before um, the tables turn on me, kind of a thing. Um, so it was, it was fear-based of just like, uh, and like I said, I couldn't see myself doing this for 10 more years. And like, I just, I didn't know really what I fully wanted and what I needed, but I just knew I couldn't keep doing that. <laughs> So it was um, at the end of the, the spring season, um, like the last show I went in and I, I was just like, this 
this just isn't the right company for me because <laughs> I didn't really know how, to, you know, how do you say those things correctly? And like, they were like, well, what do you mean? This isn't the right company. Like, this is the right company for everyone. You know, kind of that. that this is City Ballet. What are you talking about, yeah, Lauren? You're crazy. Mean, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, I just am not, you know, I'm not happy here. And I just can't see myself continuing to dance here. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I, I think I'm going to go to college. And they were like, go to college? You know, like, that was like the kiss of death. Like, okay, well, good luck with that, you know. Um, even when I had asked to take my SATs, because like I said, I, I did my um, sophomore year at SAB, but then my junior and senior year, I was, you know, dancing at New York City Ballet and going to school. So I had to take my SATs on a Saturday and ha- I had to ask in this rehearsal and I, it was like a big deal and they were not happy about it. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't, the New York school board does not make exceptions. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, I have ballet. You guys are going to have to wait. Yeah. I know you like, don't understand, but that's okay. Yeah, I, like I, I, this is important, you know? And that was really like looked down upon. Um, I'm sure those, those things are, you know, it's different now. They have great relationships with the LEAP program and Fordham and, you know, they, people realize now that it is important. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of this, like, you're going to go to college. And I remember like speaking to my teachers at SAB and my friends and stuff. And it was like, I'm going to Indiana. Like once I had made the decision to go to Indiana and got accepted and everything it was like, you're going to go to Indiana and go to college. Like everyone thought I had just like walked off a cliff. Um, so it was interesting. This is just a little like side note on that. Um, after Indiana, when I joined Pennsylvania Ballet, the very first like thing we did was go on tour to City Center in New York. And I, I was dancing like Contrero Barocco, Serenade, you know, in the core. Um, and I remember like Suki Shore came, she brought me flowers and it was just like, you're alive, like you're here, you're dancing, you know, like that's, that's what it felt like, like four years later, like, wow, you, 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 you're still doing it, because <laughs> it didn't seem like that could be ever possible, <laughs> like the prodigal son returns. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, yeah, so it was just, it, it just was that different, different kind of a mindset, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do that. And I can look back now and see that that was, um, you know, a really difficult decision. Um, and even though it, it, I felt at the time, like I was running away from something, I, I feel like it was, it was happening the way it was supposed to and putting me where I needed to be to facilitate my career. Cause if I had just, if I had just stopped dancing, that would have been it. Or, um, and I, unfortunately I've seen it happen to a lot of people if I had just stayed and just kept going in that kind of like wheelhouse that I've done, say I did like a few more years, I would have, I would have quit, you know, at 25 and just been done. And that would have been it, you know? Um, so I do, I do credit those experiences to leading me to the right places that then allowed me to have this, this long successful career. Absolutely. It's, and it's, it's cool to hear that you had that one awareness within yourself to say, you know, I need to step away from something in order to, I mean, cause at the time, I believe I I've heard you say you didn't necessarily want to go back to a professional career when you first went to IU. Is that, is that no, right? No, 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 no. no, I was like scarred. I'd actually, um, I'd actually, when I was still at city ballet, I was like, 
oh, maybe, maybe it's just here. Maybe I just need to go dance somewhere else. And I, I actually auditioned for Miami City Ballet because I was like, I'm from Florida. Let me go down. And it was Edward Villela at the time. And I took class and they were just like, no, sorry. And, and, I, and I also felt like at that time, I, I wasn't, I wasn't giving it. You weren't giving it. You, you weren't giving them something to believe in. I just need to go somewhere mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so that's why I think that's funny too, is that I did audition for Miami City Ballet, did not get in. And then 10 years later, under a different director, I did. So that's a, it's another story of, you know, you just never, you never know. <laughs> the world always comes back around. But that's also an interesting point that you went into the audition and I'm, I'm kind of assuming based on the way you just moved your hands and your body and whatnot, it, it wasn't something that like, I always think of if you believe in yourself and you portray that to other people, they're going to believe in you too. And it sounds like that's kind of it. You, you didn't in that no, situation. I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I just thought, Oh, well, maybe this is in Florida and this would be, this could fix you know, my, my thought and I could still dance. And, you know, I, yeah, I didn't put my best self forward in that. Um, but it, my audition when I went later was definitely, I was a different person, you know, and they, and they saw that. So, um, it is, it is, you got, you have to, you know, put out what you want. And I, I wasn't fully committed mm-hmm. <laughs> to that idea. Well, what a, what a, I can't think of a better place. Of, of course, you and I are very biased. IU being, in my opinion, the top ballet school in the country. Um, and what a better, you know, place to do that because it gives you the ability to nurture not just your dancing abilities, but all these interests that you might have outside of dance. And then not to mention someone very special to you. And I know to me, even though I only got to have her for a year and a half and deal at Verity, you know, someone that kind of nurtures, not just the dancing, but then all life aspects, just with who she is. Talk about someone who like you believe in when you see her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your time at IU. What did you take away from it? Um, well, Violette was one of the main reasons I did go to IU was because, you know, here, you know, I went to SAB because I, I really love the, the Balanchine style. You know, I think it's gotten a little um, over the top and some, sometimes, <laughs> but like I, I just fully connected to like the musicality and the, the freedom of expression. And so that's, I always knew that's how I wanted to dance. And that's actually what was best for my body. Like you try to give me a full on classical <laughs> variation. It's, oh, Queen of the Dryads is like my nightmare. Not your thing. <laughs> I hate it. So um, knowing that here, this Balanchine ballerina, you know, was there in, in this, you know, beautiful environment in a comfortable setting. It was like, you know, this diamond in the rough, like I have to go. Um, I had also, uh, I had friends from growing up in Florida who were at IU. So I had gone and um, I went in the fall, like I said, I started a semester late because um, I had still done Saratoga with New York City Ballet. And um, they actually went on tour to Russia and I was supposed to go. And I said, no, I don't want to go to Russia. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And they were very mad about that. And um, I wasn't, so I just, yeah, I finished the it, it was all good. <laughs> um, but I went and visited some friends in the fall and I took class with Violetta and I, I was just like, this is, this is wonderful, you know? And um, 
So uh, ironically, the very first thing when I joined, we did was Saranon. Mm -hmm. And Suji Pilar came and said it. And um, it was hard, like, you know, since this is all about like the, the mindset. Um, uh, I remember having a lot of anxiety about it because it was this you know, iconic balancing ballet. Susie was there, my, one of my teachers. Um, and I, I got to do Waltz Girl, you know, and, and here it was. As a freshman? Yeah, this was yeah. your, because this is, yeah. This is the first thing I did when I came. You wow. Know? And um, yeah, I did Waltz Girl and I did, I did Russian core, um, the other the other cast, which was really hard too. Um, but I remember having like, moments like you know looking in the wing and getting like so anxious because of it was it was like a little bit of that like post-traumatic from being in the company and like oh no they're watching me and what are they thinking what are they gonna, they're gonna tell me I'm fat you know but it and I remember I fell actually <laughs> during my performance and I was just like oh I, I was taking the pins out off stage to get ready to take it out on stage you know and I, I just through that and I was like oh this is why I hate ballet like I was just I got so like um, emotional about it because I was still kind of like halfway between both places um and it was it was hard because I and I just felt like defeated like you fell like this you were terrible and and you know my family was there and stuff and it was like you're in Bloomington, Indiana. Not, not to you know talk badly about Bloomington. It's amazing, but the New York Times is not here. Peter Martin's is not here. You're no one is is judging you. You're getting graded. Yes, you're gonna get a grade, but it's not based off of this one performance, you know. And um, I think it took me that semester to really kind of realize, okay, like you you're going to be okay here. You need, you need to focus, you need to go all in on this and not think about that. And that's why I, I kind of initially was like, okay, I need to not think about being a professional again. I need to give this experience, Ooh, that's you know, cool. like the full value and, and decide later to not put that pressure on myself. Cause I think that's what happened that first semester. I was like, oh, you're doing this ballet and this is, you know, if you want to do this again at some point, you, it has to be perfect. And um, so that was just a little side note on, yeah, <laughs> on that, no, that's beautiful. having to deal with um, making that transition. And then, um, yeah, it was like the next uh, two years, I was like, I'm just going to take what has it comes and do what I want. And um, I was doing an outside field in kinesiology because like I said, I was really interested um, in the physical therapist that I had when I was at New York rehabbing. And I was like, that could be something interesting. Maybe I would want to be a physical therapist for dancers, you know, like still stay within the field, but um, you know, have that better understanding. And so I, I like, I took the anatomy lab, like we worked on cadavers. Like I was like, this is so cool. Um, you know, all of those extra classes. And I just tried to kind of like focus on that. Like I, I probably got a little too obsessed with my schooling and my grades, mm. you know, as dancers, we're always like- <laughs> We have to be perfect in every aspect. Yes, yeah. yes. Like I was like, I can't get an A minus, I have to get an A. Um, but it, it, I felt like just being in that like educational environment and putting that um, emphasis on that, especially after I've been in 
school where I was barely going to school because I was having a full-time job, <laughs> you know, like it was nice to just be able to really dive into that as well. Um, and yeah, have normal friends. Like I lived in the dorms my first year and had a lot of just like regular people, people I'm still friends with. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and just to, 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 you know, soak it all in. And, and on the note with Violette, like um, just her like humility and the way she just like gave like unconditionally. <laughs> um, I remember I got to learn Sonatine and I performed it at IU, um, learned it with her and, and Vicky Lirez came as well to help. And, um, you know, we're watching this video because she's like, oh, Mr. Balanchine choreographed this on me and Jacques over Easter weekend. Like we learned this ballet. Casual. It's <laughs> like in three days and we threw it together. And that's, you know, this beautiful pagoda. And um, we, we would watch the video. And she's like, you see how she does that? Like she does it like that. I'm like, that's not she, that's you. Like oh, that's wow. you with Balanchine and Jacques and what? Like that's, you know, that's not just a video, you know? And the way that she was not like, you need to do it like me. And I learned it like this and this is how it is. Like she was just so like, just happy to be able to um, like pass down things that she had known without this like ego mm -hmm. to it which mm -hmm. I always thought was just so, so beautiful of her. Oh um, and also how, like, she would have her moments where she would, like, go off on us. And I remember it being, like, doing, like, a PK turn thing across the floor. And she, she it was kind of the balance sheet, like, what are you saving it for? You know, that was his thing. Like, what are you, what, what are you waiting for? You know, why are you not giving it your all? And she, she went on to this whole thing about being, you know, a child of the war and not knowing if she was going to have food the next day and all this kind of stuff. And we were all like, whoa. <laughs> and it was like, wow, like, yeah, you're right. Like we should not be just like phoning this in. We should be embracing every moment that we have here to, to learn. Um, so that was really special. And she actually, uh, I went back and taught, um, I want to say, I might have been a principal, I think it was a principal at Pennsylvania, and I went back and I taught at IU for a week, and um, she has her, that book is called Ballerina, and um, I had it, but she gave it to me, she signed it, and, and she circled where it said ballerina, and she said, you, like, you're the ballerina now, and I was just like, <gasps> you know, to, for someone to be that selfless, I think, was just so inspiring. <laughs> as, as a person you know <laughs> and like even even when I did I remember when I did emeralds in um Philadelphia like she sent me flowers with a no you know and it was like that's not just a, wow. a person that you have that gives you combinations and then leaves you know that's the that's the whole person and that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to be as a dancer and now a teacher as well I, I don't have any words for that because I think experiencing that is something you truly had to be there for because she just exuded that humility, that selflessness that you talk about. It was something that you, don't, you could talk to anybody who's ever come in contact with her and they will all say the same thing. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. single person. Yeah. And I think it just shows like you don't, you can be you know, a star, you could, like, I mean, she was, oh my gosh, like, the old she was it, 
to and and yeah and that she doesn't have uh any of that kind of ego you know and I think that's like like when I'm teaching students sometimes mm-hmm. you know they think they know everything and mm-hmm. it's like no you don't and you you can just like <laughs> I don't know there's so much to to learn you can yes. always learn so well I think no I think that's a really great point because it sounds like this kind of almost beginner's mind, right? Where we're entering a situation wanting to grow and wanting to be taught. So you as a dancer were extremely successful. And I'm sure on some level, you had to have always had that beginner's mind to, in order to one, get to a level of success that you reached, but then to sustain it. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you take that whole dancer approach you know, the mindset, but then what are some other things that you did that enabled you to kind of to get there, but then stay there? And I'm sure that's one of the things, but was there anything else? Um, I mean, I, I think knowing, you know, when, like I said, going into to IU and trying to have that like full experience, I wish I had had more fun. I will say it because I know that's I fair. There were times where I was just like, no, I got to study. I got to do this, you know, and, and I joke around now. I'm like, I didn't get promoted to principal because of my GPA, <laughs> you know, don't right. GPA, <laughs> like, um, but you know, I am proud personally for what I achieved, yeah. but I do think now I could have, you know, loosened up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I had, I had normal friends. I had a, I had a boyfriend from college, you know, that, had didn't know anything about ballet until he met me and he had normal friends you know and just the environment of IU like little 500 and all you know all these kinds of things where you could just kind of be this normal person if you will um I felt like I was able to take that into my career so with there were those times where if I I if I started to feel like I did when I was in New York and you know woke up and was just like I don't want to do this anymore I can't be here like I have a college degree I have a bachelor of science from Indiana University that's all I have to say to anyone and no one will know that I ever even danced if I don't want Mm -hmm. that to and I think that's what kind of gave me that that extra edge because I knew I had this thing to fall back on if I wanted to and that I had had those experiences to to bring into my my life as Mm -hmm. well um so I think that that is really what helped me keep that kind of balance. Um, I, you know, I did, I did speak with many therapists, you know, like I think being- You did, that's so cool. Yeah, just like, well, just to like, you know, keep your, <laughs> your, mm-hmm. your mind on track. I think it's, it's interesting talking to, um, you know, going to a therapist and explaining the ballet world mm-hmm. to someone who doesn't know anything about mm-hmm. it um, but just to kind of keep that on track as well like no you're not crazy and that's okay to feel like this and you know you know to have that kind of balance when I and that professional help when I needed it um and and yeah just having having a life like I said I met my husband there um, you know, we had really great friends in Philly. We loved living there. We had an English Mastiff, 175 pound dog, you know, Whoa. Like that. yeah, that will humble you. <laughs> um, yeah, you and, can't carry that up the stairs. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be after a long day in point shoes and just step on your foot and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, 
but I think that it's that that's important too that the relationships that you have with other people and and like I said with my my family had always just been so supportive of me um in whatever my decision was <laughs> to dance to not to dance um so I think that that also is what helped me you know keep a try to keep a balanced mind if you will mm-hmm. yeah so it sounds like you were able to take that into PA then where I believe you had said you started as a core member when you had left IU is that correct yes yeah I was fortunate enough that I did have a New York City ballet on my resume you know that that is something that is always there which is nice because <laughs> uh, I do think it helps open doors um so because I've been a, an ASMA core member previously and I kept up my asthma dues and things I was um I was invited to become a core member right away which was nice because I know that's not really how it happens so much anymore this was before second companies and all of that kind of thing that you have to kind of go through there's a lot of steps now yeah there is so I think I was really lucky that I you know like I said the that happened for a reason to help get me where I needed to. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that transition then. And you had kind of said when you went from city ballet to IU, it was almost a little bit of like PTSD in the sense that you were looking in the wings, waiting for someone to maybe tell you were fat or judge what you were doing. So now you're stepping into a professional setting again. So talk to me about where your mind was at then and how you were able to transition I would say, I mean, it sounds seamless in terms of going from IU to Pennsylvania, but how was that? Yeah, I mean, I think I was really lucky in that, you know, it had been three and a half, four years, you know, since I had stepped away. Um, But I I still had a lot of friends that were actually in Pennsylvania Ballet from my time at SAB. So I was really fortunate to be able to like walk right into a whole group of people that I already knew who like fully embraced me. Um, I think I was... I felt like ready for it, you know, I think giving myself that time for a few years of not really deciding that I wanted to do it. And then that senior year of like, okay, I'm going to go all in and, you know, see what happens. And like, I think I finally was like, I'm ready now. (laughs) Like I'm 22, I'm ready to be a dancer. And so I was, I was genuinely excited to like get back in there. And I felt, um, I felt going in there that I was, appreciated and um that I I I could have a future there Mm -hmm. um so I think it was like you know I just kind of got thrown into everything um there were some injuries um so I ended up doing like every show of you know Barocco core and stuff so I was able to like prove myself um when we went to city center actually again there was another it was an injury and I Matthew Neenan had me do a solo in one of his ballets as a brand new core member that I didn't know anything about. Oh, wow. um, I think, you know, I, I, I think I just kind of was like, okay, you're ready now. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of fully embraced um, the environment. Um, and yeah, my, my college boyfriend had come with me. <laughs> he was going to law school at Villanova and I was there. And so I had that like, there but then at the same time didn't didn't really want that so much anymore and that's when I met Francis and so it just there was I, I don't know it was just nice to have someone in in it with me like at the same time going through the same things um you know and he had had a 
an interesting way of getting, like he had been fired from Pennsylvania Ballet and then rehired. He actually came to Kansas City Ballet, small world. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He danced here for a year and a half. Yes. Lived here. So he knew people, you know, some of his friends are still here. And um, that was one of the reasons why he was like, yeah, Kansas is great. We're going to, let's go. Um, So it was just like, I don't know. I just had this new sense of like, rejuvenation I think of like I'm gonna go all in and um it was just it was fun it was a lot of fun and I hadn't had that in a long time oh my gosh <laughs> which... being able to dance too I think I think at IU because I had been given nice opportunities um that did help with my confidence a lot because I had my confidence was obviously shot when I left New York um and like I did sugar plum um I want to say myself I, I think I did it like every year that I was there maybe it was like my last two years but um I remember that first show I was crying before I went on stage freaking out because I was like so nervous about it because it's like you're in the sugar plum fairy you know and then it had to be like you're in Bloomington it's okay this is where you like you've got to get it out of your system so I think that I had had that I finally like got that confidence there of the performing and then to actually be back in Core roles where I could just dance and not have the, the pressure of the solos um, really did help with with all of that. Mm-hmm. So then once it was time for me to step up into these bigger roles, I I was I was ready. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like there were a couple of things. It sounds like number one, you were more mentally in a in a frame of mind that allowed for you to step into that role. But then it also sounds like the environment was more suited for that. Um, both at IU and it sounds like Pennsylvania Ballet, where you kind of had these positive supports, you kind of had this um, environment where people maybe came off less judgmental, or maybe that was just the perception you had because you were more ready to take it on or whatever that might be. Um, But to the confidence piece of it, I'm actually really curious, let's say, because you're a teacher now, so with the position you're in, let's say someone maybe isn't getting, you know, the roles or they're, they're not having the same kind of experience in order to build confidence. So a bit of an unrelated question, but how can anybody build confidence? Um, what I actually was just doing in private with a girl yesterday and I was like, you kind of have to fake it till you make it. (laughs) And it's not that like you have to be obnoxious or over the top, but just even in your own dancing, like how you use the music, how you, present you know your apomal like if you're just if you're just looking straight in the mirror and your eyes are not fully focused and you're a little hunched it doesn't give that perception of like I really want to be there I want to do this but it's body language yeah it's like it's just and like technical like how you use your plie and how you give your body levels to your dancing and not keeping it this one note um I think that gives you the look of confidence and like your eyes more drawn to that person. And I think that's what happened like when I was in the court. It was like, oh wow, what's she doing over there? Like she she looks like she's like knows what she's doing. And 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 I think that that's kind of what helped it. So even if I, I didn't actually feel that way, <laughs> it's that persona of it. And I think that also then helped in roles like that I would get like that, like doing the the siren in prodigal son who's you know she's not she's a bitch <laughs> you know and I had to like make up that personality because I personally don't think I am sometimes I like come across <laughs> like, you know you have to like exude you have that. to live the character yeah exactly mm-hmm. so I think it's 
talk to you from not rooftop, not like, you know, in people's faces, but just that you're like, I always say it's like that you're aware of what you're doing. You're purposely doing these steps with the intention of, of who you are. Mm. Well, I think that's a really great lesson for, for dance or for life, setting an intention of I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up to the best of my ability, even if I have to, as you said, fake it till you make it. Um, on a very different level, I was doing Siegfried recently with um, indie ballet and I had taken kind of two years off dance. So I was like, um, Kristen Toner is like the ballet mistress at indie ballet. And she was like, you don't look like a principal. And I was like, I don't know how to be that. And that was kind of the same conversation was you have to start acting like it all the time mm-hmm. in terms of like, you would kind of say, it made me think again, back to your first Miami City Ballet audition, where maybe you weren't exuding that confidence yeah, as opposed to now when you're, when you're almost, even if you're faking it till you're making it, you're believing in yourself, that really comes off in a different way when yeah. you're then presented with an opportunity, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's, it's so true. I mean, um, and I think part, part of that, it was, um, it was like a very black swan moment, but like I did, I was in black swan as well. And I was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can relate to it, but I, I was, you know, I was in the core and I got put as first cast, uh, Odette Odile in Swan Lake, um, because there were injuries and pregnancies and it was like, okay, you, you can't, Here you go. can't just be okay I'm a core member and I'm going to try to do this it was like you have to be what they were because <laughs> they're not there right now and um I think that that yeah it's not it's not that it's insincere or anything but it's it's like you just have to you sometimes just have to own it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and that's that too because that is that is not just exuding you know confidence but that's like a bravada that's a very specific type of like I, don't, I keep thinking of the word fierce, like it's just different. And so you have to almost, like you said, get into that character. Um, so that's really great. But then it took you all the way up to principal of, of PA Ballet um, and then eventually led to a transition to Miami City. So I'm curious if you can speak to the transition and what led. I would love if you're comfortable um, to get to hear, you know, kind of what went down. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, not, would never burn a bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but um, uh, so, yeah, the seven years that I was there, I'd already made it to principal. Um, the whole staff changed over. The artistic director stepped down, the whole ballet master, everyone that we had worked for and had known us and, you know, respected us. And, you know, for the past seven years I was there, it was just gone and it kind of had started all over again with a totally different um approach and like i said i i the reason i was you know interested in pennsylvania ballet um in the first place was because it was a balancing company at the time that i joined it i mean it was it was founded by one of Balanchine's like first students in America. In the beginning, he gave her like all these ballets for free, like Baroque, Serenade, like Peter Martins was an advisor, like to all of it. So it was like very much, um, it was like the smaller version of the New York City ballet that was like my like just right for me. <laughs> um, so when they brought in Angel Corrala, who had been a former uh, principal with American Ballet Theater. So we're going to the other side of the plaza. 
that's what he knew and that's what he liked and he was the director and so that's what he wanted to bring in and I think that the board was looking for a different you know approach as well and that's you know things like that happen all the time and um so he that was his vision and personally that wasn't the vision that I, I had wanted <laughs> um so uh I think coming in I think he might have had a little chip on his shoulder and I think us current dancers also did so that that wasn't like a, the greatest vibe because we were like no this is this is our place this is how we dance and, and then he's coming in with his people like no this is my place now this is how we dance and so um I think that there was a there was just like a little conflict there um and the first year was okay um there was you know like I said, everyone knows everybody. So there's like, there were just some things that happened that just didn't sit right with, um, with us. And then that second year, he let go a lot of dancers. Um, and I was not one of them, but I just was having those feelings again of like, I don't want to dance. Like, I'm not happy here. I don't want to go in because the I, I don't believe in the work that's being done, right? I mean, like we got to do wonderful ballets. He brought a really great rep. Like I, I was thrilled. I got to work with really awesome people that I hadn't beforehand. So I'm really grateful for those experiences, but just the environment in general um, was, it was kind of like a us versus them. And that it was on purpose to, to put that conflict in there. And I think it was to, to try to, make us want to leave <laughs> and it worked but there were those times where I was like I, I don't want I don't want to do this and I don't feel happy here anymore and I don't want to dance um, and we actually funnily enough we were at the Joyce we were in New York again performing and I came off stage and I was just like I, I don't want to dance anymore I'm done like I just I I, I was getting that like anxiety and that stress again of being on stage I wasn't enjoying performing and that was that was the problem because I just I was really caught up in what was again being thought of me um whereas like a few years before that I, I wasn't having that so it was kind of hard to like have it gotten to that really good place and then go back in a way um and so as I kind of touched on before it was like okay you're 30 years old uh you could, I was like, we, you know, my husband and we were married, we owned a house. I was like, we wanted to start a family. I was like, we can, it's fine. I can just, you know, we don't have to, I don't have to dance anymore. I'll just get pregnant and we can raise a family. And I was teaching at the school. He was the second company director, you know, and he was given that position by Anha, which was really wonderful. Um, and uh, we were like, we can just make it work, you know, keep up this persona of everything's perfect. <laughs> Um, or we dive deep in and make that hard choice to make a change again. And um, it was kind of one of those like, well, you don't know unless you try. So we, we have to at least try or else we're just going to be left wondering, you know, you don't have a, you don't have a kid because you <laughs> like aren't like don't want to dance anymore like that's terrible <laughs> you know so um it just didn't it didn't seem like it was the right time for all of that so um in keeping with that balancing aesthetic uh it was like Miami or PMB were really kind of the only ones left that were doing I mean every company does balancing but like that that was their 
you know, home base and that's what the classes were and things like that. That's the way I wanted to dance. Um, and Justin Peck had just come and worked with us in Philly and uh, he was like, you should reach out to Lourdes. And, you know, and I was like, can you be a reference? And he was like, sure. And, you know, so I, I wrote her, I, I had to like update my resume and do all this stuff, like find video, bootleg videos to like send. Um, and she was like, I don't know if I have anything that I can offer right now, but please come and take class. And that really like that, the anticipation of going to take class there was probably the scariest thing than actually being there <laughs> because it was this and you know no one knows so you have to like keep it a secret so I'm like here I am in these classes and performing and knowing in a few days I have to go to Miami and like audition and that was mentally that was really really hard for me I also was injured my collarbone had dislocated and it looked like when we were performing like it was a lift and it was just like it was not I was not in a good <laughs> mental place oh my gosh. it was one of those things where like when I walked in I was like okay you gotta like just give it off you just gotta go like because this is yeah. this is your chance and that that was that's one of the things that was actually really good advice I got from um Russell Kaiser he's a ballet master at Boston Ballet now but he was a ballet master in um uh, in New York City Ballet when I was there and he he came and set Allegro on us at IU, which is what helped me get into Pennsylvania Ballet. So, you know, all this stuff. It all comes back he's around. Always, yeah, exactly. He's always um, been uh, a wonderful like mentor. And he was like, if you're gonna, you know, if you want to do this, like, then you got to go all in. You can't just be like, okay, maybe I'll go audition and see what happens. And then I could be, you know, maybe I'll do that. And then the, he was like, you just got to be like, okay, this is, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. And you can't look back. And so that's kind of what I had to do, even though it was scary. Like I would come out of those classes and go to the bathroom like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> You're crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, when she, when she offered it, it was like, okay. And so, um, yeah, we did it. <laughs> and it led to a very successful tenure there. Remind me how long you were at Miami City? Five years. Five years. So you were a principal dancer at PA for many years and then another five years in Miami City, which is incredible. And so to that point, you were an elite level dancer for, you know, a very long amount of time. And it, it's an accomplishment for anyone to get into one of those companies, let alone have the level of success that you did. Um, so kind of to that, I'm curious, is there any other sort of, you know, you talk a lot about being a beginner in, in, in terms of wanting to learn and grow and develop, but I'm, I'm curious if there are any other mental skills that, you know, maybe prior to a show, do you, do you visualize, do you focus on your breath? Is, is there anything else that's specific to, um, maybe what helped you become the ballerina that you did or are? Yeah. Yeah, was. Sorry. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm not one. Still are. You can pull it out. I know you can. Not anymore, I was. Um, uh, I think, yeah, as I got older and I did deal a lot with um, anxiety, especially when I, like, because I was, I'm on medication. I admit it. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. <laughs> um, when there were times when I would go off of medication, especially when, you know, trying to get pregnant and things like that. Um, that those things would creep up and that was, you know, very debilitating that when you're having that kind of anxiety. And I feel like when I was in my 
Miami, you know, here I was older. Um, I, my, my career shifted in that all of a sudden I was like a tall girl in Miami, whereas like in Philly, I was kind of medium. So I kind of got to do different things, but I, I went to Miami and all of a sudden I got all these new parts and ballets that I'd done. And it was like really exciting. Um, but it was, yeah, having to, to deal with like, oh no, you're, you are like right for this part. Something I hadn't thought of that I would be comfortable in before. Um, so I did do a lot of like, I found yoga at that time, the gyro, gyrotonics like changed my life. I wish I had started that when I was younger. Um, cause I just felt like it gave a, a different perspective to my dancing. Um, and yeah, with that anxiety that the, the breath work from yoga and like the visualizations and things like that really helped. And, um, I feel like too, I, again, I wish I had found this when I was younger, but you can't, you know, really experience breeds experience. 2020 now. hindsight. Um, yeah. So, um, but I started to really just see the end coming, you know, and just like, you're, you know, you don't have as much time left. So try to just like enjoy this because you don't know when it's going to be your last time. And there were several times where I was like, was that my last show? You know, like when the, when the pandemic hit and I was pregnant and I was like, did I just retire? <laughs> you know? And um, I think it's, it's trying to, it's so hard when you're young, but like trying to have those, those thoughts when you go out there and realizing that it's not, you know, the end all be all if you fall down is hair not. <laughs> it's just not, you know, in the moment it might feel like that. Um, but, you know, I think one of the most like, like amazing performances I had was when I was, I was pregnant. I was like, 12 weeks pregnant, 13 weeks, 13 weeks pregnant, <laughs> doing sugar plum. And I just told the entire company, I told the staff, my husband was there, my parents were there in the audience. And I was like, everyone was like, oh, you know, that you just felt the support. And I was like, I can go out there and I'm going to do whatever I want. It doesn't matter because <laughs> you can't tell me my leggings to be higher because I have a baby right now, you know? And oh, I like that. Yeah, it just kind of gave me this, I felt like this sense of freedom to just be in the moment. And again, I, it was my last one. Um, and I kind of felt like, I think this this could be my last show of Sugar Plum because I don't know what's going to, this was before the pandemic, but I was like, I don't know what's going to happen after I have a baby, how I'm going to feel, what I'm going to want to do. And so I just like actually went out there and listened to the music and enjoyed the experience and was like all in. And I was like, wow, like it, it felt unreal. And I just wish that I had been able like to have those more often. But as I said, it, it kind of takes time to, <laughs> you know, and to have a child in you to be like, okay, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter if it's not perfect because there's something bigger than you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, it, that makes me think of mindfulness and meditation and, and I'm, I'm a therapist now, so I'm, I'm yeah. kind of into those things way more than when I, you know, was in college in a day. Like, do you have a mindfulness practice? Do you meditate? Do you any of those, do do any of those things? Um, I, I wish I did. Like I, I always try to meditate, but it's not very successful, <laughs> but I do, I do feel like, yeah, the, the breath work and the yoga and just trying to like relish those kinds of moments, you know, and bring them into everyday life. And like, now that I have a two-year-old, 
you know, for me, it's, it's a different kind of mindfulness. It's like seeing her learn something new and it's like, wow, like, and it's so amazing to her that she count to five and, and I'm like, that like- A whole new perspective. Yeah, taking that like perspective into different things is really, um, has been really unique for that. Yeah, the times are fleeting, so I'm sure- it's 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 easier to be present in those moments when you just want to eat them up as much as you possibly can yeah yeah Yeah. but it's like it does it's like I wish I could have you know thought of those kinds of things when I was when I was still dancing sure being present is one of the most difficult things I think every human being faces um, and can be the cause of a lot of anxiety so it's you know it's something that I've dealt with and it's really really beautiful to hear you um, talk about that's something that you, you know, maybe dealt with a little bit too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, but Lauren, I want to be mindful of your time because I asked for an hour and it's already been an hour and a half. So I apologize, but thank you for being so gracious. Sorry. Oh, perfect. Well, I won't overstate the do, but I'll, I do want to get to um, kind of my quick hitter questions. Uh, I call them my fab five. They're the same five questions with a little bit of uh, alternate just because, uh, because of who you are and what you've done, I've, I've changed them a little bit, but the same five questions essentially that I ask every guest. Um, so my first question of the fab five is what is a quote that you live by? Oh, oh that's a good one. I mean, there's so many. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if it would particularly be like a full quote, but yeah, just like what I said of, you know, trying not to worry what other people say, mm-hmm. saying it till you make it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all, all of those kind of thoughts, I guess. I don't have like a specific quote, but. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of answers maybe my second question, um, which is what is the greatest piece of advice you could give a young dancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably around those. And I know it's easier said than done, but I really do think when you can just kind of focus in on your work and doing your best not what the person next to you is doing not well they're this cast and i'm this cast i I wasted a lot of energy on that it's like you're still doing the part you're out there you're dancing that's that's what that's what matters (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Uh, my third question of the fab five is what are your top three favorite books or podcasts okay well i love um my favorite murder (laughs) oh yes Good show. Yeah, I like started that back like before it was a, a big thing with the margarita. Yeah. Um, so uh, yes, love that. Um, let's see. My friend wrote a book that I'm reading right now. It's called The Blood You Choose. Ooh. Um, um, Promote it. Who is this by? Yeah, uh, Jessica. Ba- oh, well, no, it's her. It's uh, she has a pen name. It's um, uh, I think it's J R Harper. Okay. Blood you choose. You can buy it on Amazon. She's our amazing um, school coordinator here at Kansas City Ballet. Beautiful. <laughs> um, in her spare time, you know, to wrote a book. Um, and uh, funnily enough, well, a lot of my favorite books now are built my old favorite books because now I read to my daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like all these. Uh, there's this Tallulah series. It's like Tallulah's Tutu, Tallulah's Cat Shoes. So. Um, yeah, I'm back into all the things of my childhood, which is actually really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Do you have a third one? That's two. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, I don't know. It's like I haven't, I haven't sat down and read a book in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're busy. Everything yeah. you do now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. Be, 
you know, I used back in the day, shout out to my conversation on, on dance mm-hmm. friends, Michael mm-hmm. and Rebecca from my mm-hmm. new gallery. So, <laughs> and now I'll have to add yours to my playlist. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was looking through it. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta listen to that Goldie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and Kansas City. Yeah. It, yeah. Small world. Oh my gosh. It just, that just keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, if you could host five dinner guests, dead or alive, who would they be? Mm-hmm. Well, since you were just talking about Violette, I would definitely have her. She's so fun at a dinner because she just, she loves food and everything. Like she's just, just the way she's happy about everything. She's like, oh, it's so perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. this is so cute. Um, let's see, probably my grandmother, while she passed away, mm. um, her and Vila are very similar, actually. Oh, that's cool. Um, let's see, now that we're talking about ballet, I mean, Balanchine, that would, Balanchine and Robbins together, mm. that could Ooh. be interesting, <laughs> that could be an interesting dinner, um, well, you said, I'm just thinking of all of that, but mm-hmm. alive, I mean, yeah, probably my daughter, she's she's our own entertainment <laughs> yes is she dancing or well i guess you said she's two yeah but she started this week at kansas city ballet school whoa they have, a, they have a dance with me class um so the parent has to go so my husband went this week with her and it's a trip so oh that's too she, cute she already knows because of our virtual school she does a lot like she'll be in the lesson sometimes um and she does like all the stuff she does plie relevé so like over there they're just doing like marches and things and she's trying to do all her oh that's so so cute we'll see what happens (laughs) oh my gosh that's so cute um i do want to ask you before i ask you my final question how can we support you i know you have a virtual ballet school is there somewhere we can go and follow or we can check you guys out how can we do that yeah um we're on instagram uh the virtual ballet school uh website www.virtualballetschool.org no dot com dot com sorry kansascityballets.org vvvs.com um yeah and it's just uh you know we started it two years before the pandemic before this was a thing so you guys were ready yeah yeah and yeah we had all the infrastructure like set like we had already had we don't have marley here but in miami like we already had marley and mirrors and everything um and it was initially like started to help like give people who didn't have access to, you know, good ballet training um, wherever they were, like a little extra like tutoring. That's kind of what we, we said we were. Um, it started with a girl in, in Salina, Kansas, actually. She like, you know, it's too far to go to Kansas City Ballet for this. So it was like, hey, can you help us with our variation? And then it just kind of, you know, expanded from there and then once the pandemic hit then it really really expanded (laughs) yeah i'm sure i was like you know like eight months pregnant teaching six hours a day on zoom (laughs) Um, oh my god now we're back to now we're back to what we initially created and it's great we have our our students you know that we it is it's like we're we're a ballet tutor so if Mm. anyone needs any you know extra help Mm-hmm. yes i'll put that i'll put the website and everything in the show notes so if anyone wants to check them out or needs some coaching or privates or whatever uh, you'll have and to do that do do like mentoring kind of oh no way but but in the sense of like you know a lot of it's actually parents like 
what what is this? What is this ballet world? What can we do to help you know support our 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 dancer? Like what summer programs? You know things like that. So hmm. um, we we offer that as well because it is so important to have you know the whole dancer, not just the technique. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, and before I ask you my final question, Lauren, I just want to thank you so 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 much for being so gracious with your time. Because again, I know you're extremely busy. Um, and I also just want to acknowledge how awesome it is to hear how mindful you've been throughout your career, um, to have the awareness that you did in multiple spots to say, you know, this isn't working for me. My happiness is ultimately up to me. So I need to make a change. And you did um, numerous times. That's, that's really, really beautiful and, and not easy. So I, I, I acknowledge you for that. That is really incredible. Um, and just in general, thank you for being here. So my last question on the mental game is who would you want to hear next on this show? And before you answer, it's someone you have to help me get on the show. Oh, interesting. I know. Yeah. I was getting nervous. I'm like, what's the last question? (laughs) That's a good one. I mean, my husband Mm -hmm. (laughs) could be a good, yeah. uh, I mean, because he has a lot of, uh, like, he's had a lot of ups and downs with things too, yeah. um, which I do think helped shape um, the dancer. And I can obviously get give you access to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about, like, what about Sarah Roth? Oh, that's a beautiful one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been thinking about that one for a while. I have to email her about other stuff anyways. We, we, we still keep in touch about a bunch of stuff. So, yes. Um, yeah okay keep the iu tradition going those are two excellent ones yeah yeah sorry what were we gonna say no no no, i was just saying you know because she had such a an amazing career and now to be back where she started and giving back to everyone is just yeah phenomenal yeah no it is it really is and and those are two great i'm definitely going to take you up on both of those those are really great suggestions Um, (laughs) and thank you for giving back to us Uh, through sharing your story and everything you went to. So I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for everyone for listening to me ramble. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Mental Game. If you made it this far, I want you to know how much I appreciate you listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and like, subscribe, leave a review. And over on social media, let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought of the episode. If there's anything in particular you want to hear, if there's anyone you want to hear from, Uh, If not, then tune in to the next episode. Thank you so much.